30 Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions. Juice, what would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What, what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to Advertising Expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes? Welcome to a special 30 and 30 podcast. I would get cliche and I would say we're announcing that we're ending the show. Uh, Josh has has fallen off a cliff. Uh, he's been called away on a, on a quest to throw a ring in a mountain. But I could say anything and nobody would believe me on this day. This is a day of fools. Um, April fools, to be exact. And these fools wanted to do another special, another April fools episode. And uh, this one's all about the killing joke. We're doing some uh, some cool, fun stuff. Now we're talking about the... Uh, the Killing Joke graphic novel as well as the animated feature film. Now, obviously, we would tell you at any point in life with anything, always do the book first. Because the book's always better than the movie. Thus is life. So we're going to talk a little bit about both. But first, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, April Fool's Day. Okay. And, and the history. Okay. A little bit about the history of April Fool's Day. For one thing we do know about April Fool's Day, a lot of customs date back to at least the Renaissance Europe era, uh, but it's likely the tradition originated long before then. Some historians have linked April Fool's Day to the ancient Roman festival of Hilaria, where at the end of March, people would come together to commemorate the resurrection of the god Attis. It was a celebration of renewal in which revelers would dress up in disguise and imitate others. Sounds like acting. It's also possible that the medieval celebration of the Feast of Fools, which if you're a fan of the musical or the movie Hunchback of Notre Dame done by Disney, they celebrate the Feast of Fools in that. So the Feast of Fools, where a mock bishop or pope was elected and church customs were parodied, could have also inspired this day. 
Some gullible fish might also explain the tradition. Other historians believe April Fool's Day has its origins in the 16th century, when France switched from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. The Julian calendar began in March with the spring equinox and was celebrated until April 1st. By switching to the Gregorian calendar, the new year would now begin on what we have, January 1st. So technically, the old Julian calendar today would be New Year's Day. Well, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New April Year. April Fool's, just kidding. It's not New Year, it's April. Just, just, just joshing with us, aren't you? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> we really don't know a lot of history about April Fool's Day. I mean, you could always look up amazing history about Christmas or Easter or Halloween even. But even to this day, there's not a whole lot of like documented history about the Day of Fools. I mean, it's perfect a perfect maybe, holiday to not really have an origin. Maybe you just haven't looked in the right places. I've never attempted to look for any information about April Fool's Day. Uh, what you just shared with us was... And it's funny that on this celebration of this day that really doesn't have a well-documented day of origin... Um, we talk about a guy who really doesn't have a well-documented origin. It changes left and right where he came from. It's perfect. I know, it is a great segue. We're, of course, talking about the killing joke. But before that, I have to talk about something. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this multiple times on this episode. But every time this day comes around, I... I I have to remember one of the greatest April Fool's pranks ever played in the history of fooldom was on this this guy. So years and years and years and years ago, back in 2011, 2010, something like that. 11, 11. 11, yes. We had tickets to WrestleMania in Atlanta. And it was a group of us going. And on this day, uh, I, I secretly conversed back and forth with our dear friend Logan. You all know as the Rev. And we thought it would just be hilarious if we said that. Well, initially it was like our friend Jordan from Pigeon Forge from back in the day, the great J-Bar, the master thespian himself, said, You should tell Josh you lost all the tickets, the mania tickets. And then me and Rev realized, no, 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 that's too outlandish. That's too insane. He would immediately know this is crazy. It's April 1st. It's April Fool's Day. They didn't lose all the tickets. So we went with we lost one, just one, not two, just one. That was and, what, what made it so believable. Yeah. Right about that. I, I knew we were right to do that because you, of all people, even though you didn't realize what day it was at the time this was happening, you would have thought, knowing you, as long as I have, you'd have been like, that just sounds too ridiculous. All of them, really? This just I might have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. <laughs> so we text him and the group and... This is like the same. We've had like the same group text since 2010 between the three of us going on. It's crazy. We text that we lost a ticket. Logan lost a ticket. 
And what was your first reaction? Take, take us back. Well, out of the three of us, the most responsible would be myself. Yes. Right. So, yes. and I'm one of those people who sometimes thinks, you know what? It, nothing's going to get done right unless I do it myself. <laughs> and that's you why the plan. <laughs> I'm notorious for taking on too much because I just don't trust anybody else to do it right. And so I'm like, oh, I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. Y'all are irresponsible. I knew Logan would lose the ticket. Uh, well, I guess he's the one who's not going. <laughs> and I'm just like cursing Logan and the day I ever met him. And I'm in the middle of class. I had the way my college courses ran. I went to a school where we had block system. So I had the same class for like three weeks, three hours every day. So I'm in my one class of the day, a three-hour class, and we go on a break, and I'm on the phone just ranting and raving and carrying on. I get off the phone with you. I call the Georgia Dome. I'm like, guys, what do I do? My idiot friend lost one of our tickets. Can we get like a – what do we do? I'm doing all this stuff. I'm calling you back. I missed the rest of class, and I'm so upset. Like, I'm really hot about this. And you are like, finally, like, okay, we got to get him to calm down. So you go, Josh, 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 what day is it? I said, I don't know. It's freaking Wednesday. What, what do you mean what day is it? I don't care. And you're like, no, Josh, what, like, what, 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 what's the date? I said, you son of a. <laughs> then you just hung up. <laughs> uh, that what happened? Yeah, you just, you, so- and just hung up. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Still to this day, man, I can't, number one, I can't believe that we were able to get you to a point of you, you escalated beyond the realization of what today was. You immediately (laughs) didn't think what's today. You immediately went into this mode of someone's going to have to suffer. I don't want one of them to suffer, but it has to be Logan because the idiot lost it. But Mm -hmm. just in case I can salvage this, I'll call the Georgia Dome. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm sure they thought I was crazy. I don't, I don't even remember what they said. I'm sure they were just like, oh, sir. I think right. they were like, you're going to have to go to Ticketmaster or call whoever you bought it from. <laughs> I think they had like they had some sort of, you know, route I could take. Towards, yeah. And I think it was just way more trouble than what any of us were going to be willing to. And then do. I think just to feed the joke, Logan was like, well, I think. Mm-hmm. Brian shouldn't ha- should have to like miss out because really honestly is he really yeah. you know this kind of isn't really his I was thing. Like, no, 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 you are the one, sir. <laughs> sitting. So yeah, I was hoping maybe we could go one year without that being brought up. It was on my Tom Hop this morning, and I just conveniently kept swiping. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> I love it, man. Then I don't trust anybody. Yeah, you shouldn't. Not just on this day. Like on this day, I usually wake up and I think, I'm not going to trust anyone today. I usually leave this day with like, I should be like that more often. Like I should I should not trust anyone more often. ETA, Tyler, don't trust ETA. anybody. ETA. <laughs> man, man, man. Obviously, uh, one, one joke we can't make is, to thank our amazing sponsor before we get into things. Uh, the amazing uh, Manscaped. Da, 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 da. We are talking about uh, the amazing support brought to you by Manscaped for 30 and 30 podcast. 
we've talked about it a lot on this show. You don't have to listen to us. You don't have to take our words for it. I know it's an April Fool's special, but this is not a joke. Go to manscaped.com. Choose your order. Sign up. Use this code, 30ANP, 30ANP, and you are going to receive 20% off plus free worldwide shipping. Now, these are tools for your family jewels, gentlemen. This is all about male below-the-waist grooming and health, really, at the end of the day. Um, well, I mean, you know, you know what it's like when you don't have the right equipment to do, do. what you need to do, and I do. things get all cut up and bloody and nasty. It looks uh, like yeah. CSI Nashville down there, so you got to <laughs> use the right tools. So hit up yes. Manscaped, and they'll take care of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is no joke. Again, manscaped.com. When you check out, enter the promo code 30ANP. That's 30ANP. Receive your 20% off. And on top of that, your free shipping worldwide. Trust us. Even after today, even on this day, trust us about Manscaped. Thank you, Manscaped. I find the past such a worrying, anxious place. Yes, memory so treacherous. One moment you're lost in a carnival of delights, childhood aromas, the flashing neon of puberty, all that sentimental candy floss. The next, it takes you somewhere you don't want to be. Somewhere dark and cold, filled with the damp, ambiguous shapes of things you'd rather forget. Memories can be vile, repulsive little Bruce. Like children, no? Let's talk about the killing joke. I'm been glad looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this because you know I love the Joker. You know I love DC. You know I love Batman. But you said something last week that I would love for you to expound on a little bit. Okay, Without well, the killing joke, we wouldn't have Batman 1989. Well, um, I just so happened to have in my hands here. The mm. Batman The Killing Joke Deluxe Edition Hardback uh, Edition. And up here in the very top left corner is a quote from uh, Mr. Tim Burton. I loved The Killing Joke. It's my favorite. It's the first comic I've ever loved. Mm. And so the whole origin story for the Joker that we get in the killing joke was the inspiration for sort of the origin story we got in 1989 mm-hmm. uh, Batman movie with the uh, Jack Nicholson Joker. Yes. Do you know, fun fact about that, that Michael Keaton, who played Batman, not only didn't get paid the most, he also didn't get top billing for that movie. Jack Nicholson did. Yeah. He got top billing and paid more. And several years later, when we get our Heath Ledger Joker, the killing joke was a piece of material mm-hmm. that was given to Heath Ledger in his you know, preparation time. Yeah. Um, and it was a big influence on Christopher Nolan as well. Yeah. So, and it's considered one of the greatest standalone Batman stories of all time, probably the greatest Joker story of all time. And even though it was a standalone one shot, uh, you know, graphic novel, some of that stuff had lasting repercussions throughout yeah. the DC universe, like Batgirl turning into Oracle and her injury and all of that comes straight from the killing joke. Absolutely. Now this, if you didn't know, this was written by Alan Moore 
and illustrated by Brian Boland, who gave us his take on the Joker, uh, along with other illustrious illustrators who have given us their takes on the Joker. Boland's Joker illustrations for the killing joke, really kind of like the illustration of the, the Joker in the animated series that Mark Hamill voiced. I mean, it's up there with when I think Joker, some of the first images that come to mind are Hamill's, Arkham Asylum, and Killing Joke are three of the first illustrations, even over Heath Ledger sometimes when I think Joker. The the big wide smile and grin that's sort of synonymous with the Joker, mm-hmm. that look came from uh, the Man Who Laughs, which is a 1928 silent film. I've never seen it myself, but I know that it's based off of uh, a old uh, Victor Hugo mm-hmm. novel, The Man Who Laughs. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, there's this character named Gwynplaine, who is like a circus performer, and he's got this deformity that has this big freakish grin, and that causes him all kinds of grief, as you can imagine. But he's he's not a bad guy. He's a good guy. He's sort yeah. of a tragic character. and the, But at the same time, he's really scary looking, right? Especially in 1928. So yeah. even though that movie was sort of a drama type of uh, swashbuckler movie, it's also considered sort of sort of a horror film. Yeah, just because yeah. of the appearance of, of of that of that character, Gwynplaine. So that look uh, was sort of the premise, the basis for the look of the Joker. Yeah, and we got that heavily in the Killing Joke. I love the the thought behind the man who laughs, um, because until I actually watched it, I thought it was a bad guy. I thought this was about a bad guy. Carnival freak. Oh, you've seen it? I've seen a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, And it's really like a a, a Mr. Merrick from the Elephant Man or Quasimodo. And Victor Hugo really in his stories focused heavy on that. Like just because someone looks bad, they're not always bad don't let the looks let don't let someone's looks make you judge them for something they're not like i mean look at quasimodo heart of gold but hideous to our eyes and misunderstood misunderstood victor hugo really played heavy on that in a lot of his his works um so this was uh it provided the uh, the origin story for the Joker, uh, loosely adapted from the 1951 story arc, The Man Behind the Red Hood. Yeah, 1951, uh, one, one uh, issue story yes. about the Joker. And it was basically the same thing, except he was, instead of a failed comedian, he was a lab tech. Yeah. And uh, to get away from Batman or whatever, he jumped in this uh, acid vat and got trapped and... Then when he came out, he realized that it had the effect of bleaching his skin and all that stuff, which is exactly what happens uh, in Killing Joke. Yeah. And 1989 Batman. We've gotten a few renditions of the Red Hood uh, in animation uh, as well as comics. I know they they also hinted towards the Red Hood in Gotham a little bit, the Red Hood Society, um, pulling from that 1951 storyline. 
we don't get a lot of Red Hood, and I think it's really cool that we don't because it gives it its own kind of exclusivity. Let's not do Red Hood all the time. Like, he shouldn't always be the Red Hood. And then, of course, there's that Red Hood playing on the words Red Hood that we get in where Jason Todd comes back as the Red Hood on purpose. He does that purposefully. Um, So I, I love the homage, and I love that Alan Moore and them really dug into actual literature to create this story. I kind of wonder why Alan Moore hasn't been knighted. I don't know. He's English. He's contributed heavily to the arts and culture. Mm-hmm. Why is he not knighted? Is yeah. Something he should be. I mean, he really should. <laughs> Maybe he pissed off the royal family. I don't Maybe know. He did. <laughs> no. Perhaps they're not fans of Watchmen. I don't know. <laughs> In my research, uh, I learned that there is a companion story that goes along with the killing joke, uh, Booster Gold companion story. I, oh. Yeah, I don't know a ton about Booster Gold, but I get the premise. He's like a time traveling, yeah. arrogant sort of, you know, whatever. And uh, yeah. in this story, it's called No Joke. Yeah. And That's the cover funny. has the sort of the other end of like you know in killing joke we got joker holding the camera the cover of this is what joker sees in the camera and there's booster gold like hanging on to barbara you should look it up uh and anyway he tries to help her but it doesn't work out and then he finds out that oh it's meant to happen anyway or something like that so that's the companion story so it's like booster gold trying to change time yeah trying to keep barbara from being paralyzed yes that's cool. I have to check that out. So one of my favorite aspects of the Killing Joke is the sort of mirror image duality uh, sort of nature of the Batman Joker dynamic, right? Yeah. Both of them. We keep hearing this theme about one bad day. It just takes one bad day to really create a, a, a monster, create a villain. Well, both of them, both Joker and Bruce Wayne had those one bad days that made them who they are. Bruce's bad day, his parents being murdered, just sort of out of nowhere, right? He then turns that into a weapon against a weapon of justice, vengeance and whatnot. Joker, in this story, he loses his wife and his unborn child. He's a failed comedian. All this stuff keeps going wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he falls into a vat of acid and comes out all deformed and whatnot. And it's just the last little straw that, that breaks the camel's back. And he takes that one bad day and then turns into just the embodiment of chaos. And yeah. Yeah. So Phillips used a lot of this, uh, a little bit of this premise for his Joker movie as well, especially the comedian aspect, the failed comedian being, you know, not good at what he does. Just failed clown a bad day. And gets beaten up and, and and treated so awfully. Yeah. Yeah. And one of my favorite uh, moments of dialogue is in the very beginning. It's when Batman is sitting there at the table with the fake Joker and he's, you know, dealing the cards. I've this is, I've been thinking lately about you and me, about what's going to happen to us. About how this is going to end about who will end up killing who. Perhaps you'll kill me. Perhaps I'll kill you. 
Perhaps sooner, perhaps later. You know that, don't you? I just... I need to know, for when that time comes... That I've that made a genuine attempt to talk things, things over, over and avert that outcome just once. So, like, really furthering this idea of they are neck and neck. They, they, have, they are each other's equal. They are the match for one another the yin and yang mm -hmm. and one way or the other it's gonna turn out this way i think that's what drives a lot of issues with like you know the poor man's joker aka the riddler um wow. he thinks i'm just it's just kind wow. of this you know um so i think the riddler and people like Two-Face and even people like the Penguin see this. There's almost like this underlying, like, why is it always Joker and Batman? Batman and Joker. I'm just as bad. I can beat the detective at yeah. mind games. But Joker has no limits. No. At all. There are even lines that the others won't cross. But him? And he doesn't even have an end game. He's just like, yeah. let's just have fun and create that chaos. that infamous quote from the dark knight when alfred says some men just want to watch the world burn mm -hmm. that's the perfect quote to describe joker like there's no point he just for him it's like you know we have this idea as society that this is the way we should act and this is the way we should treat one another and we should be hey but what's the point let's just have fun and just do mm -hmm. things with with no purpose and no reason yeah. whatsoever it's because we can't and that's sort of his mentality. We get to see somewhat of this origin. We get to see what created the madness somewhat. And we also get to see in that same vein, there's no, like you just said, the, his madness has no limit. I mean, Two-Face wouldn't have just showed up and shot Barbara. And the then help. strip her naked and take pictures of her. Mm-hmm. And use that to torture and torment her father. Yeah. Like his whole goal is like, I'm just going to prove a point and I'm going to turn one of the best guys you have. I'm going to make him crazy. I want to do all this awful stuff to him just to prove mm -hmm. a point. Mm -hmm. uh, such a great story. So one of the things that always comes to mind when I think about this is these iconic images that were given. Um, so when you think of the killing joke, you think of like, Batman with his hand on the Joker laughing in the end. You think of him holding the camera, taking the picture. From the cover. Yeah. On, from the cover. You think of the Hawaiian shirt. That, that really chilling image of when she opens the door and there's the smile and the shirt and the camera. And that look has, I can't tell you how many Joker cosplays I've seen of killing joke joker in the hawaiian shirt with the hat and the camera um so so much fun i love it that's one of my yeah. favorite joker looks yeah i think and yeah. that's been one that they've brought into video games is like unlockable skins and everything it's just such an iconic look for the joker it really is because it's like a vacation joker <laughs> on his day off and they recreated that whole scene in uh, the Arkham Knight game. Mm -hmm. You get to watch that whole thing happen. And yeah. He's in the outfit, of course. 
So just so many things about this have just had, it's had ripple effects throughout mm-hmm. the, all of the different stories of Batman and Joker, like little hints of that origin story or the thing with Barbara or the Hawaiian shirt or some of the quotes like the one bad day or whatever, all of that stuff just keeps coming back because this story had such a huge impact. And then does so much to establish, like I was saying earlier, that relationship of the yin and yang, the the balance between Batman and Joker, and then mirroring that beginning scene of them talking. Well, he thinks he's talking to Joker. uh, And, you know, we're going to kill each other one day. And then in the end, they're like laughing. They're having a laugh together. There's 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 not a lot of difference between love and hate if you think about it they're very similar emotions i've i've always made this had this adage that everybody walks this thin line every single day on one side there's batman on one side there's the joker yeah everyone walks that line and every day we teeter towards one side depending on the day we're having yeah but very few people in their life break to one side. We're all just kind of teetering on that line every day. And I love that, that image of like, it really does just take one bad day. Cause until that bad day, you don't know how you would react. Like we say all the time, we make jokes. Like me and Logan always joke. Like if, if the zombie apocalypse happens, we're the guys you want to be with. Cause we've played all the games. We've seen all the movies. We've read all the novels. We would be the guys you'd want to be with because we'd be ready until that day happens. You think that, but really it may come down to that. And I'd be like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? I don't know what to do. Right. And you might be like, Tyler, you said we could trust you in this situation. I'm like, well, you know, it's that thing where you talk it, talk the talk and I can't walk the walk. I'm terrified. So until that bad day, you really don't know how which side you're going to fall on. And that's one thing that Alan Moore really does well with this is to show us that yin and yang that you talk about. Because at the end of the day, no other villain, and this is no disrespect to any other villains in his rogues gallery, but there is no other villain for him like the Joker. Mm-hmm. There just isn't. And to think that he was supposed to be a one-off character in a comic in the 40s right. you know like he was just supposed to ah we'll bring this clown guy in and you know it'll be over with but then we as readers were like we love this yeah so it's really us that turned him into what he is made him his perfect bad guy if you think about it i agree all it takes is one bad That's how far the world is from where I am. Just one bad day. You had a bad day once, am I right? Oh, I know I am. I can tell. You had a bad day and everything changed. Dressing up like a flying rat doesn't hide it. It screams it. You had a bad day and it drove you as crazy as everybody else. Only you won't admit it. You have to keep pretending that that makes sense. That there's some point to all this struggling. You make me want to puke. I mean, what is it with you? What made you what you are? So uh, let's talk about the animated version of the story, shall we? So the animated film 
was released on July 22nd, 2016 at San, Die- San Diego Comic Con. And then in theaters on July 25th for one day only. That same day, it also released on, on home video. Yes. But yeah, July 25th. We went to see we it. Did. We did. From what I recall, it was you, me, and one dude in the yeah. uh, front of the theater. Yeah. Just, just us. Just the three yeah. of us. And we're like, oh, great. The Killing Joke. You know, I was a big fan of the comic already. I was really looking forward to it. And Mark Hamill, and I'd forgotten about this, but I put it in, in our notes here. Mark Hamill really wanted to see it happen. And he had intended to retire from the Joker several years before this. Like he had done the Arkham games and yeah. all that. And he says, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. But he said, I would come back for for the killing, the killing joke. And he started kind of encouraging the fans uh, to, to start requesting it and to campaign for it. You know, he mm-hmm. said, if you want it to happen, start asking for it, start pushing uh, them to do it. And that uh, I think was uh, 2014 or no, that it was announced. No, he, well, he went to the star Wars celebration and he read, he was on stage and he's just a very, gifted speaker mm-hmm. uh like if you just watch him talk he's just so much fun to watch like and and he'll talk for, uh, he'll just go on and on and on and on yeah. and on you ever listen to him on a podcast like he's done chris hardwick's podcast before and it's anytime he's on it's so much fun it's great to listen to watching him on any sort of a live show he's just a really entertaining guy like especially well, he's when he's very he articulate too and and He's just funny, and his his Harrison Ford impression. Hey, Karen, you know, <laughs> hilarious stuff. But he read this uh, the I think it was either the One Bad Day or maybe it was the Memories monologue. But he read a bit of it and like did a whole interpretation. You know, he's a very theatrical yeah. man, like uh, lots of big gestures and stuff. Go back and and, and yeah. look for it. Maybe we'll share it on our socials yeah. if we can find it. Whatever you can find it on YouTube, but it's him just live reading the Joker monologue or one of the Joker monologues in Killing Joke. You really, when he does that stuff, you're like, I think he could do it live action. I really do. If it had been twenty years ago, yeah. it would have been perfect. It'd have been so because good. We, we've never really had the live action kooky wacky joker jack nicholson to an extent to an extent but like the animated joker like the way mark hamill did it we've never had a live action version of that unless i'm totally forgetting something no you're right like but 20 years ago it'd have been amazing best best joker ever Mm. no doubt so it, it came out we saw it we were excited and i remember we have this whole first half with this Batgirl introduction story and you know sort of giving her a little more importance I think so that it means more when she then goes on to get shot okay I get it but there comes this moment and she keeps talking to her friend at work or school or wherever it is about her yoga instructor the yoga instructor won't let me do certain things by myself he doesn't think I'm ready and I'm so frustrated I'm frustrated and they're so frustrated with each other that they find it convenient to have relations with one another. Have an intercourse on the roof. What? 
we looked at each other like, what? Huh? Yeah. Okay. This wasn't in the book. <laughs> this is happening for real? Um, it was a little creepy to me. I didn't yeah. care for that. Because um, even okay. though, you know, she's obviously she's like legal age at this point. It's not like it's an underage thing. But it's still quite a difference between Barbara's age and her mentor slash night father figure or someone yeah. she has to impress also in Bruce Wayne. It's just weird. Uh, Commissioner Gordon would be very disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. If he'd ever known that, I think he'd have been more mad about that than her getting shot. See, now, if Joker had known about it he'd and he it. had that knowledge to share with Jim Gordon, that, that would have made him more crazy than all the other stuff they did to him. Because the things they could do if they had done that, because this was this was an R-rated movie. This was the first ever Batman film with an R rating. That's crazy yeah. to think about. And it, it earned the R rating. Yeah. You have the budget written down, and this shocks me. Okay. For an animated movie to cost $3.5 million to make, I would imagine a lot of that had to be the contracts of yes. Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, and Tara Strong. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because Tara, Tara voiced Barbara Gordon, not Harley Quinn. I, I feel like when you're doing something like The Killing Joke, which has such a legendary status, you know, this is a big deal. Yeah. This ain't like Justice League Society 3, World War yeah. 2, you know, like yeah. it's not one of those random. So this is a huge, huge deal. Yes. Knowing that, going into it, and knowing you're getting Mark Hamill, who, okay, look, this is Luke Skywalker. This is an, this man has portrayed two of the most iconic characters in pop culture history, Luke Skywalker and the Joker. He ain't cheap. No. And he should, of course. Kevin Conroy, one of the, for our generation, that's Batman. Yeah. That he never wore the cape and cow physically, but that's Batman. Yeah. Okay. And Tara Strong, one of the most talented, most popular voice artists of the last two decades. Yeah, easy. Maybe, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I would think it's safe to say a lot of that three and a half million went to the voice actors. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like, what the deal is with Alan Moore. Like, if, if he gets a big payout from that or what, I mean, obviously DC owns it and can do whatever they want with it, but I don't know how those contracts work. Yeah. So, but that is a lot of money for, and it's not even two hours. I mean, it's like a 70 minute. Yeah. It's or something like that. You know, it's your typical animated film length. And it's crazy to think that in the box office, and this is the box office, this is the one night only showing in the theater that they did. It made 4.4 million. Yeah. So it made money in one night at the box office, not counting DVD sales or well, streaming they, or whatever. They, they weren't going to do a theatrical release because they never do theatrical releases for the animated movies, right? Yeah. Never. Right. So there was such demand for it and such a big push, like, guys, this is a huge deal. So they decided to, to do it. Um, and I don't know if that's something that they look back on and say it was the right call or not. Because um, even though they did have that little bit of a profit, profit I mean, uh, not even a million dollars, that's yeah. change. 
But at the same time, to say that, you know, we got to see a Batman animated movie in the theaters. Yeah. Well, we it's can true. say that. A lot and of even though it was only like 70 minutes or whatever, I feel like it would have been so much better, so much more satisfying and enjoyable if it was even shorter. And it was only that part after the Batgirl stuff. Yeah. Because the, the stuff second that happened before didn't run, but threw us off for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like I, I remember us like in the heat of the actual comic book stuff still going like, dude, I'm still kind of bothered by that. Like, why did weird. they feel the need to have them sleep weird. together? It was out of place. Like, it yeah. just didn't make sense. You know, it, it was just sort of like uncalled for. Like, not that I have a problem with them having like sex and stuff like that, obviously. But just it didn't make sense. It was so out of nowhere. Yeah. And once we got past that point, they were really pretty true to the book. And the book is short. Like, it's, I don't know, like 80 pages, 60, 70, 80 pages. It's a yep. really, really short graphic novel. So they don't have a ton of material to produce. And I, and I understand that. But that from that point on, it was so good. Mm -hmm. The voice acting, the animation, um, the action sequences, all of that stuff was so good. And obviously without Mark Hamill and without Kevin Conroy, it would have pretty much just been an afterthought. Like, yeah, they did it. Yeah. Whatever. Like if you but, got Bruce Greenwood or whoever the Greenwood guy is that does Batman for Young Justice or whatever, and Troy Baker, it would not have hidden. Even though they both do well great. when they do them, but they're not the combo of Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. Yeah, not the same at all. This is a story that, you know, I, I don't know if you could do this in the live action world wholeheartedly without getting an R rating, obviously. And I don't think you could make it work well in the live action world without those two playing the roles. It'd be tough. It would I be mean, really you tough. could maybe do, like imagine, let's imagine the killing joke with Keaton and Nicholson. Does it work? Um, I think it would be close. Okay. Bell and Ledger. No. no. Affleck and Leto. Hmm. I think I could see them trying something like that, but I don't yeah. think it would work. It just wouldn't. I mean, the fact Jared that it's Le done in the animated world with our Batman and our Joker made it even better. Uh, let's be real. I mean, I know we are the Heath Ledger generation. Yeah. And some people are the, you know, Adam West series generation. Yeah. And some people are Jack Nicholson or nothing generation. <laughs> is there a Jared Leto generation who are like diehard Jared Leto is the Joker? Um, I don't think there's a, a generation of like it's Jared Leto's Joker or not. But I do think there is a more positive supportive generation out there um because and, and at the end of the day like i might not have liked his joker i might not care for it i it's a big reason i i can't put suicide squad in ever again that i haven't gone back and watched it yeah but it was something different that's one positive thing i can say is it's something we didn't I, see we've never I, seen anything yeah. 
We've never seen Thug Gangster yeah. Joker before with yeah. the bling and all that stuff. We've never seen it. So sure, yeah. it's great. It's just the same way that I feel about Monster Joker in that Batman animated series. It's Love different, that. but I don't like it. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we didn't really need the Post Malone Joker. No, no. We as far as I'm concerned. Silver teeth, tatted up, you know. And, I mean, he gave it 100%. He performed what it was well, but Leto does that. He'll probably perform very well in Morbius. That doesn't mean it's going to be good. And from, and from, what, from what we've heard... <laughs> Not, not so much. Not so much. Or as Ken M put, if you liked Let There Be Carnage, then you're probably going to like this. Well, guess what? I happened to go see Venom Let There Be Carnage, and I wasn't a big fan. <laughs> I was underwhelmed, to say the least. Yes. Yes. Not even whelmed. Like, when we're looking at a scale of... Avengers Endgame at the top or No Way Home at the top and Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance or Punisher Warzone at the very bottom. It's teetering near the bottom. (laughs) It comes in at the bottom, not quite rock bottom, but a couple notches up. I wasn't like walking out terribly offended. Yeah. You know, but to bring up uh, Punisher Warzone, it is on the Peacock. Oh, I'm strongly considering giving it a go. Whew. Just because I never made it all the way through it. The one time I did try to watch it because I was just so aggravated and exasperated with it that I got up and literally hit stop, hit eject, put the disc in the case and took it to McKay's like the next day and got rid of it. <laughs> I was like, nope, forget this. Uh, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. And Electra is on something right now. I saw little advertisements for that after we talked about it a few weeks yeah. ago. I'm kind yeah. of thinking I might want to go back and look at some more of these old, not so great superhero movies. Well, I do think that it, we're, we're getting near a time where we could do a second installment of Days Before the MCU. Focus on some other ones. Right. Definitely. Maybe we should just do a whole series of let's watch these movies that are considered really bad and just see why is it that they're so bad or what can we take away and redeem from But hindsight being what it is, is what made them bad now the MCU. At the time, I didn't think... It definitely raised the bar, didn't it? It did. At the time, I didn't think that Eric Bana's Hulk was bad. Oh, really? I did. I mean, it was bad, but I was like, oh, my God. Ang Lee did the the comic panel thing, and nobody had ever done that before, and that was kind of cool. Did I think that Fantastic Four was was terrible? No. So I'm with you on that. I actually really enjoyed the Fantastic Four. Not, Not the last rendition we don't talk about no, that but no, 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 no. it's like bruno or jada pinkett smith we don't talk about it keep fantastic <laughs> four out of your mother mouth <laughs> the new one not the old one. the new one 
But man, I, we can't say enough about the Killing Joke. We just wanted to do a special April Fool's moment to really celebrate what this novel meant for our culture. Even though we have some some qualms with the animated, uh, the start of the animated movie, we got to see a Batman animated movie in a theater. That was cool. I wish that they would re-release Mask of the Phantasm in the theaters. I really do. I'm sure that's happened, and just nothing cool like that ever happens around oh, here. Oh, no. They probably but do it in I'm L.A. or New that. York, not yeah. here. <laughs> and to be like, one night only in Morristown, Tennessee. <laughs> or even better, do more really cool animated things and release them in theaters. Yeah. You know? We'll be there. Or even better, maybe with all this money that Disney is making with Marvel, maybe they should invest in uh, up in their game in the animated line and start doing an animated. Series. They could, but at the same time, I just don't think they could compete because that's the one world where I can say DC's got it locked. Their animated stuff is so, so good. And I think me and Rev have this conversation all the time. How can Marvel's live action world be so good and their animated world be so, so, and then on the other side, how can DC's animated world be so good and their live action world be so, so like, isn't it the same people? Isn't it the same company like coming up with this stuff? They should both be really good. I agree. Alas, they're not, but this has been fun. Just a little ride in a carnival cart, riding down the track, reliving horrifying memories of the killing joke, <laughs> quite like Commissioner Gordon did in the novel. Um, but it's been fun. Thankfully, we're, we're still clothed. We haven't been stripped down. Yes, we haven't been stripped down. None of our family has been shot and paralyzed, thankfully. <laughs> if there's a knock at the door and you see someone with a Hawaiian shirt on, just walk away. Thanks to this, I stopped trusting people in Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. You see, a, you see a guy in a Hawaiian shirt coming towards you. You just turn around, and you walk away. That's <laughs> <around. bad>. <laughs> Especially if he's got a camera. Mm. Oh yeah, no, no question, no Forget question. But man, this was a fun little special. When we pick back up, it's going to be mania season. It's this weekend. Yeah. Literally days away from Mania. And I'm trying to... Hours. Hours away at this point. I'm trying to stoke up some excitement because, as we've said, the season of Mania hasn't been the season that we are typically used to. It has been rather lackluster. Yeah, it has. But we'll return with uh, some a couple of Mania episodes, pre-Mania, post-Mania, during Mania. We don't know. Something, Something will happen. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, have a happy April Fool's Day. If you're pranking, be careful because revenge is quite sweet for those that you've pranked. They do remember. People do remember. The North definitely remembers. <laughs> Take it easy, nerds, and cheers to you. You know, it's funny. This reminds me of a joke. See, there were two guys locked in a lunatic asylum, and 
one night, one night they decided they didn't like that anymore. They decided to escape. So they made it up to the roof, and there, just across this narrow gap, they see rooftops stretching across town, stretching to freedom. Now the first guy, he jumps right across no problem, but his friend, oh, no way, he's afraid of falling. So the first guy, he has an idea. He says, hey, I got this flashlight with me. I'll shine it across the gap between the buildings, and you can walk across the beam and join me. But the second guy says, what do you think I am, crazy? You just turn it off when I'm halfway across. <laughs> oh, <laughs> excuse me. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Tennessee Legend Distillery, and the Gatlinburg Brewing Company. 30 and Nerdy Podcast is a bad cast company production, founder of the Council of Nerds. Survive the apocalypse by finding 30 and Nerdy Podcast along with other amazing shows at podchaser.com. Looking for more on the 30 and Nerdy Podcast? Check out the website, 30andnerdypodcast.com. There you'll find our directory. We're on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere in between. To leave a voicemail, you can go to speakpipe.com slash 30andnerdypod, or you can leave an email, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Until next time, nerd up or shut up. Cheers to you, nerds. I don't